1: Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: You're listening to Greetings from Salt and Sea, Episode 4, Memory Lane.
1: Can you slow down?
2: Why? You almost got us into a head-on collision. Speed's got nothing to do with it. That diaper pail was driving on the wrong side of the road, not me. Please, please slow down.
1: (sighs) There. Happy now? You want to know what happens to a lead foot? You get pulled over. I used to drive drunk. I know how to keep a low
2: profile while driving, and it's not by flooring it like your hair's on fire. Got no traffic cops out this way. Hardly got any cops in Salton Sea at all anymore. Those they do got are going to be at the scene of the gas explosion at the motor court. Two birds, one stone. You mean blowing up the motel was
1: also a diversion? So we could go to the ATM?
2: I make a point not to delve too far into a case until I've got my retainer funds in my pocket and a signed contract on file. Then you must be happy as a clam right now, Mr. Lyles. Oh, call me Frank, Mr. Rucker. Call me Mr. Rucker, Frank. I thought you said you
1: were working pro bono for my
2: parents. You're not your parents. At your age, you ought to have discretionary income. If you didn't, you'd be a sorry-ass indigent loser. Seeing as you anteed up, I read you right. If you read anything right, it was that I was an easy mark. No reason it can't be both.
1: (sighs) So where are we going now?
2: Around the lake. The scenic route. That's over a hundred miles. You want to tell me why we're circling the lake? We're shaking any tail we might have picked up. There's nobody following us. There's nobody on the road behind us at all. Not a single fucking car. Then we must have lost them. Lost who? How would I know seeing as we lost him? When we get back to town, we'll pick up your rental car in the police department parking lot. You can't leave it there. Cops will be all over it like white on rice. So now you're going to torch my rental car too? I'm considering it. Jill never rode in the car. Cops don't know that. Hell, it'd be me. I'd impound it and rip it apart down to the frame just for giggles way to signal to the suspect that i've got his number and it's only a matter of time i'm not a suspect so you claim
1: how did you know i left my rental car at the police department
2: i had you tailed you had me tailed you mean you had someone following me since when since the moment you've showed your prodigal face again in salton sea i didn't see anyone that's the whole point Isn't it? Who did you have following me? I'm a one-man operation, Mr. Rucker. Don't even have a buxom girl Friday in a pencil skirt back at my office. Got voicemail on my cell phone, but that's about it. You were
1: following me? Oh man, I am not feeling
2: well. There's some barf bags in the glove box. That's the price you pay, Boyle, for tying one on. But if you're thinking about turning to the hair of the dog, That ain't a solution to your problems. Demon rum tends to make a bad situation turn ugly.
1: Vodka. That's what I drink. Drank. Is she... Is Jill really dead?
2: One crime at a time. Let's focus on your long-lost brother while we have a window of opportunity. Here, put this over your mouth and nose.
1: This is an oxygen mask.
2: I've got two of them. Are those oxygen tanks in the back seat? Well, I'm not a birthday clown, so they're not helium tanks. Hang on. What the fuck are you doing, Frank? Those fuckers crapped on my car. You can't just start shooting out the window. Why not? Do you know what their toxic shit does to a paint job? California gulls are a protected species. <laughs> not for me, they're not. Got one. Sayonara, motherfucker. Well, oh, don't feel sorry for these feathered bastards, Rucker. They eat bugs and garbage, and even their own eggs and hatchlings. They're nothing but flying rats. I didn't even know you had a gun. I told you right off, I was a licensed PI with a carry concealed weapons permit, didn't I? Yeah, but I didn't see it. Don't be tense. You're a bright boy. That's what concealed means. You don't see it. I don't wear this sports coat, just looks smart and professional. Oh, shit. I'm gonna throw up. Barf bag! Feel better now? Nothing came up. Par for the course when you drink on an empty stomach. Here, put this on. No. Oxygen isn't a drug. It's the fucking air we breathe. Along with H2O, O2 is what makes this planet habitable for humans. Not interested. It won't hurt you. See? Ah, euphoria au natural. I ain't exaggerating. The ambient air contains maybe 21% oxygen. This is 99.5% pure. Straight into the lungs, then roaring like a freight train into and through the bloodstream followed by a straight shot into the brain. Want to cogitate at the level of a uh, Galileo or Einstein? Take a hit.
1: Doesn't sound much different from a patter for pushing smack.
2: Yeah, well, O2 comes as a welcome relief from the stink, too. Alright. Etta boy. I swear, you're looking better already. <laughs> Take that, you feather brained motherfuckers!
1: Sultan Sea is both the lake and the town. That's what Kevin and I learned in school in our local history class. One and the same till death do them part. Like those Siamese twins, Chang and Aang. Because they shared a circulatory system, when one died, the other soon followed. Because we were still young, our own identity began with the Rutgers and expanded only as far as the Salton Sea. To the lake, to the town barely as far as the highway to Palm Springs. They're both shrinking, the lake and the town. They're both dying. They have been since before Kevin and I were born. The lake water simply seeped into the ground, or evaporated. Because the canals had been filled up, the river that bore the lake could never refill its spawn. So Salton Sea... The lake once called the miracle in the desert, 35 miles long and 15 miles wide, having lost more than 20,000 acres, exposed a dry lake bed that spews dust when the wind blows. Not just any dust, toxic dust, made up of powdery fine particles of heavy metals and pesticides. Just breathing the air in salt and sea can result in asthma, respiratory diseases, and even cancer. Maybe that's why residential lots along the lake are selling for less than five grand. In Southern California, if you can believe it. Why anyone would want to live here? I don't know. Why my parents are still here? I don't have a clue. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
3: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Kellen, I'm back. They had bagged ice at the motel office. Kellen? Huh? You were mumbling.
1: Was I? Mumbling what?
4: I couldn't make out what you were saying.
1: Oh. I guess. I don't know. Sometimes I write in my head.
4: You do? <laughs> I'm not a writer myself, but I suppose most writers would. To See how it reads, how it sounds, to take your prose out for a test drive. Like that maybe, yeah.
1: But mostly I think it's my way of retreating into my mind. Of disconnecting from what's happening around me.
4: You mean from something like this?
1: Oh, fuck, that's cold. (laughs) Jesus. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear.
4: (laughs) Uh, Don't worry about it, Kellen. I'm not a child. I think they can even say the word shit on television now. Or maybe it's bitch. I can't remember. You don't have to watch what you say around me. (laughs) And you don't need to drape your privates with a washcloth. I have a younger brother. You don't have anything I haven't seen before.
1: Easy for you to say. I'm naked and you're not. The washcloth gives me the illusion of a level playing field.
4: (laughs) I wasn't aware this was a competition.
1: All encounters between a man and a woman are by their very nature competitive.
4: A zero-sum game?
1: I didn't say that.
4: I have a different take on the male-female dynamic.
1: Yeah? What is it?
4: I win. You win. We lose.
1: You're a better man than I am, (laughs) Gungadin.
4: Brace yourself.
1: Jesus! (laughs) Oh, come on. Enough already.
4: (laughs) Oh, you're still glassy-eyed, Kellen.
1: Because I'm sitting naked in an ice bath.
4: No, because you're still suffering from the effects of mild heat stroke. Consider this a field hospital. For heat stroke, it's SWB ASAP. I memorized all the acronyms in my disaster preparedness class.
1: <sighs> should I wait for you to tell me, or should I ask you outright what that stands for?
4: Shade Water Bath, SWB, or more specifically, Shaded Interior Drinking Water Cool Water Bath.
1: I got news for you, Jill. This water is more than cool, it's cold, ice cold. <laughs>
4: Athletes have been taking therapeutic ice baths for years. Count your blessings that your room even has a tub. The Salton Sea Motor Court Motel isn't exactly the Four Seasons.
1: I've never been to the Four Seasons.
4: Well, at least you can now say you've been to the Salton Sea Motorcourt Motel. <laughs> Do you want me to wash your back?
1: Since there's only one washcloth, no.
4: <laughs> Here, drink this. I got it from the vending machine. What is it? One of those electrolyte drinks... I figured you'd probably tired of drinking glass after glass of tepid tap water.
1: Is this like one of those sports drinks?
4: Yes, it should help you.
1: Help me a lot more if it had vodka in it.
4: That wouldn't be a good idea when you're so dehydrated, Kellen.
1: I would ask you out for a drink, but you probably want to get back on the road. You said you're on your way to Palm Springs, right?
4: I'm not in a hurry. I don't have a fixed arrival time, and besides, it's only a 45-minute drive. What do you have in mind?
1: Okay, um, listen, Jill, it's not that I'm not grateful for your help.
4: No, it- <laughs> no, I, I get it. You already have a date for tonight.
1: It's not like that. I'm going over to my parents' house for dinner. I haven't been there in years, so I don't want to cancel.
4: Oh, that's sweet. I understand completely. Look, I've got some things to do while I'm here in Salton Sea. Why don't I drive you to your parents' house and you can call me when your dinner's over and I'll pick you up? Then we can get that drink.
1: I don't want you to have to wait around.
4: You're not asking me to, Kellen. I'm offering. I really would like to have a drink with you. I don't mind waiting.
1: You don't have to babysit me, you know. I'm pretty clear-headed right now.
4: Hmm... At least your eyes aren't so glassy. But I really don't think you should drive. Not yet.
1: All right. Offer accepted.
4: Thank you. What time do you need to be there?
1: Weekend dinners are at four sharp at the Rutgers.
4: We'll have to hurry then. It's almost three. (laughs) Here, give me that washcloth. I'll wash your back. I'll avert my eyes, I promise.
1: The ice is almost melted.
4: The miracle of body heat. Your skin is still hot to the touch.
1: Because I'm naked in close proximity to a beautiful woman.
4: Hmm, let me see.
1: Hey, <laughs> you promised to avert your eyes.
4: <laughs> Sorry. Can I ask you something?
1: I'm hardly in the position to say no.
4: You said you haven't been there in years, not home in years
1: yeah so my home is in Seattle
4: but this is where you grew up Kellen this is where you lived your entire life until you left for college this is where all your early memories transpired this is where you learned your name to feed yourself to use the toilet to read to ride a bike this is where you first went to school every adult i know still calls their childhood house home at least while their parents still live there their hometown their home
1: how the hell do you know so much about me
4: i must have read about you online
1: i never tell anyone i'm from salton sea
4: you wouldn't though would you you'd draw too much attention to yourself you wouldn't want to chance potential outpourings of sympathy of pity Of those curious looks, those awkward questions, that force though sincere commiseration. Since the day Kevin disappeared, all you've ever been to those who know your story is the poor little boy who lost his twin.
1: Who the fuck are you?
4: You really don't recognize me?
1: No. I don't have a clue who you are.
4: I have a confession to make.
1: Another confession? Wasn't that how you introduced yourself to me on that trolley?
4: I was teasing, Kellen. I was pretend flirting to see how you would respond. I, I was certain you'd recognize me. I was surprised that you didn't.
1: How would I recognize you? I've never seen you before in my life.
4: I'm Jillian.
1: Jillian? Jillian Martin?
4: See? You do recognize me.
1: No, I don't. You don't look anything like the little girl I knew. She had braces and frizzy hair and knobby knees. She wasn't beautiful the way you are.
4: I grew up.
1: So did I. But I haven't changed that much.
4: I know. To look at you is to see both of you. It's nice to imagine Kevin as he would be now. As a man. Here, stand up. I'll dry you off.
1: I can do it. Turn around.
4: Callan, come on. (laughs) Please. Fine. The towel's all yours.
1: Avert your eyes, Jillian Martin. I don't remember seeing you much after. Did you move away?
4: We did. The next year. It wasn't because of what happened. My dad got a job in Palmdale, so we moved. My parents still live up there. You never wondered where I'd gone?
1: I was messed up. All I really did afterwards was keep my head down and work hard to get good grades.
4: So you'd have a way out.
1: I would have gone no matter what. Having a full-ride scholarship made the going easy. So... You're not a tourist who pulled off the highway on a whim.
4: No. (laughs) But I did want to see this place again. It's been years. Same as you, I would imagine.
1: I have a reason to be here. So do I. You grew up here too. You know as much about this place as I do. Why would you join a sightseeing tour?
4: Your master's degree is in English and in comparative lit, right? Yeah. Then you must have read Proust.
1: Sure. In translation, seeing that he's French.
4: He said, and I quote, The great voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Taking a sightseeing tour is a way of looking at Salton Sea with new eyes. First from a great distance, like through the wrong end of a telescope, before I step in so close that memories could overwhelm me.
1: Okay, that I can understand. But you said you have a reason to be here. Were you making that up, too?
4: I didn't make anything up. I may have shaded the truth.
1: Omission is a sin.
4: Not a mortal one. And not between friends. Kevin believed that.
1: I'm not Kevin.
4: If you want to know, I'm meeting with a local private investigator. A retired cop. He's been working for years to solve your brother's disappearance. It's become a passion project for him. He's a little on the eccentric side, but I like him. I mean, I haven't actually met him, but I've talked to him on the phone a number of times. He's been wanting to meet with me. He insists that interviews work better face-to-face. He says he frames his next question by watching a person's reaction to the previous question. He claims most people know more than they think they do. Likens himself to a gold miner patiently panning for the one nugget of information that will be the key. I guess that's why I finally agreed to drive down.
1: But why would he want to talk to you?
4: You really don't remember, do you? We were together. The three of us. You, me, and Kevin. We were all out on the beach the night your brother vanished.
0: Greetings from Salt and Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Rendazzo, written by Cassandra Wells, directed by Charlie Rendazzo, produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri, executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Cayman, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Cayman, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Goillam, Jackson Goillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Rendazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away.
3: The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.